are back. Welcome into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 17th, episode 53. Teddy, we have hit the uh, dead point of the season, so we're going to come up with some fun things to talk about. Uh, we've got a little bit of news and notes, Hell updates. Yeah. Uh, before we get to all of that, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same as the YouTube. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Spring Blake with four A's. Uh, Teddy, we put out a pod on Friday. It's only been a few days, so we, we've done this very recently. But how, how was your weekend? How are you doing? How you feeling? It was good. It was good. I've been chilling. You know, not too much is happening. Jets fans are just getting up in arms about all types of stuff, um, which is fun. Uh, quick pop quiz episode 53 yes do you know who wears who's currently listed as number 53 on the new york jets website so uh did they give it, it can i ask gonna. you can i ask you a question did they give it to a rookie um yes joe Tipman. no fuck zaire barnes was, damn I, I for some reason i what did they give Tipman? Is he 63? That's a good question. He might be 63. I guess I I'll scroll down it. to the T's. Yeah, get give me, mm, me tips. He's not on the website. Fucking A. All right. Well, oh, here he is. Here he is. 66. 66. Damn. That's a good one. Okay. I was I was close. Uh so wow. Yeah. Jersey number 53. I did not uh, who is it? Barnes? Zaire Barnes? Zaire Barnes. Yeah. We we drafted him, him in like one of those rounds, right? Good. Good for Fifth. him. Congratulations. Fifth-ish. Yeah, no, I just Googled it because I was like, I wonder who's wearing 53 these days. I know that you know, Quan Alexander my, uh, wore it at some point. Back in your what? Quan Alexander wore it for, for the a Jets? different For a different team. No, I think it was like the Saints. Yeah, I was going to say. No, I was just going to say back in my Cortland days, that was like the last, like when I would go to training camp, that was when like, because I would go every day and I'd have the roster, I eventually oh, like right. learned every player's number, Yeah, you know? Um. But like since then, which obviously that was like 12 years ago, but since then it's just been like I never know numbers and just like so disconnected from it. I'm very um, bad at it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, things are good. Oh, yeah. Shit. Well, I was going to combine a few things that we said in there. Quan Alexander, I, I'm pretty sure we wore 53 at some point. Maybe it was 56. But um, also you were talking about Jets fans getting up in arms. Uh, it was Sunday, I believe, and it was just two two little subtle drops, and we're going to talk Quinnen in a little bit, but if we want to start off on the news and notes sections of this episode, uh, Quan Alexander took a meeting with the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, still a, a free agent, still somebody that I think all of Jets Nation would love to see come back in and return to New York. It is not one of their deepest position groups um, and and one where, you know, he he showed a lot of promise as the season went on after kind of signing up and coming into to New York late in the preseason. Um, what did you think of the reaction over him taking the meeting? And then also, what are your thoughts on on potentially, you know, Quan still remaining? Um, uh, there's a possibility that he's not a Jet next season. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, just my immediate reaction was very, I guess, not, like, panicked at all, but just kind of, like, surprised, because I was just, like, we talked about it last week. I was like, oh, Quan Alexander isn't a Jet, but is going to be a Jet. Like, we all kind of know it. Um, and then to see him take the meeting, like, obviously, he thinks he – what I think is I think he can, like, he thinks he can get more money, which when you look at Quan Alexander's story last season – we waited until, you know, training camp or right before training camp or, or was it during training camp? It might, it might've been before, but it was it pretty was, late. It we was signed during. him. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was during. And I think people kind of just thought like, okay, he's a good veteran presence, whatever. Like he ended up being a very good player on the team. You know, he was definitely not a weak spot on the roster. He was definitely like a good player. So I don't fault the guy for, um, you know, thinking he can get paid more than maybe the Jets want to pay him or at least initially offered because based on how he played last year, I think he does kind of deserve that. Um, with that being said, I definitely, you take a look at this linebacker room and, and it doesn't really scream who's going to be the starting um, linebacker. And I guess that does cause some room for pause and some room for panic. Um, currently on, on the depth chart, Jamie Sherwood, is listed as the starting uh, outside linebacker, which, you know, to me, he played a lot of middle linebacker last year when when C.J. Mosley was out. So I guess I was a little surprised to see that, even though that's kind of where he was drafted. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to take the Jamie and Sherwood bandwagon a little bit like I do think when he was out there, I liked what I saw. And I think other people are kind of just like, what has this guy done? He did play a little last year and I thought he was all right. So I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of pro him, and I'd love to hear what you think. Well, it's funny because even this sort of bleeds into the conversation that we are going to have later in the episode over, like, position groups that we think still need to be addressed. And linebacker is obviously one that, you know, I don't think we would say is a, is a finished product or one that we necessarily feel super comfortable with. Yeah. But even when we were prepping for that part, you were like, you know what, Jamie and Sherwood, I'm, I'm going to buy stock into him. What I'll say is at the very least, when you take a look at what the Jets did at the position this offseason – makes you feel like they feel comfortable with what they have or they just didn't like any of the options out there because you look at what they did really the only addition was was drafting in uh, Zaire Barnes at the position in the sixth round which is like you know sixth and seventh round picks were, were throwing darts at that point so it seems yeah. like they feel comfortable yeah. with the slate of guys they currently have on the roster um so yeah I you know look I'm going to want good players to still be on the team. And I, I want the team to have a plenty of options because injuries will happen. Guys will regress. Guys will not continue to develop. Um, that's, that's just the nature of the NFL. It's not like every position you're guaranteed a, uh, you know, a gradual increase in performance. Um, I don't love the idea of Quan not being on the team just because I thought he added a really good physicality to the defense um, and, and there are other guys in there that are dogs too. You know, Jordan Whitehead lays a pop in there, but I really love the physicality he brought to the linebacking group. Um, so obviously, you know, it, it's dumb to say we uh, we're going to miss him tremendously and the position group is, is a failure if he doesn't come back. But all things considered, I do want to see him because I think he adds something special to the to the linebacking core. Yeah, and I do think it's fair to, like, panic a little bit, you know. Um, like, I, you know, I just said I believe in Jamie Sherwood a little bit. I'm buying stock in him. Yeah. But with that being said, like, even with – even let's say he's a startable, like, player, you still need to have depth. And to me, somehow, like, there's going to be one or two more signings to this defense, and I – think that a linebacker will be one of them I, you know obviously it's like who does that end up being we'll have to wait and see and maybe it's you know someone who gets cut or something like that but but I would assume this linebacker room there's going to be some other names that we see that flash in the pan um and you know I guess I'm still holding out hope that we we could get the deal done with Quan. You know, obviously it's not the end of the world that he just took a meeting somewhere else. How many guys have taken a meeting with the Jets and not signed there? Um, 
but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he just seems so like plugged in with the team, you know, like they, they, they interact with each other and their friends and they tweet at each other. And it's just like, come on, man. Like you're not going to beat this. Yeah. I'm looking at the list right now um, of just like free agents that are available at the linebacker position and, and don't, you know, chirp and say like, Oh, you forgot to address Cause like people are li- listed at different positions on here. So I'm just giving you the right, list right, of right. names that right now are attached in the same likes of Quan Alexander. And it's, you know, it's, it's honestly not a bad list. It's guys that have shown pop before some guys that are a little bit younger. Um, you know, you've got miles Jack out there. He was with Pittsburgh for a little bit after having some tremendous seasons with Jacksonville. He still remains a free agent. Um, you seem confused. Oh no, I'm 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 no no no, sorry. I'm I'm googling Quan Alexander's contract because I wanted to see what we paid him last year. Oh, and the first thing I read was he signed a two-year contract with the Niners, and I was like, "Where's the Jets?" That's an old one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So we've got. (laughs) So I apologize. No, no, all good. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, So yeah, Miles Jack available. Deion Jones. He had some good years in uh, Atlanta before ending up in in Cleveland this past year. Um, Zach Cunningham, another guy as well, too. Kyle Van Noy, a little bit on the older side, was most recently with uh, the Chargers, but we obviously remember him from his, well, I guess he's jumped around a bunch now, uh, his Patriot to Lions to Dolphins to Chargers. Um, John Bostic, another older guy. So there there are guys that could fill some depth positions here. Um, and, and guys that, like I said, it's, it's not like these guys have been nobodies. Kyle Van Noy had a great career. Miles Jack was one of the best linebackers in football, along with Deion Jones as well, too. So it, like I said, you're right. There probably is an addition coming in, kind of like what Quan probably was this past year, um, where it's like we get into training camp. We see it on the field. Okay, we need help at linebacker. Let's bring in a guy that we've seen at least. Yeah. And, and we don't have to throw him into a full-time role, but we can have him in there, and it provides depth and experience to a position that needs it. Yeah, and and I I totally agree, and I'm fine with really any of those guys, I guess, if that's going to be the ad. Um, but, I, I mean, just to talk about Quan for a second, like this guy's going to be playing at, like at 29 years old this year, which – he it's seems even last 35, year when we were, we were talking, right. Like when we were talking about Quan Alexander last year, it was like, oh, we're signing this old end of the road linebacker who's going to give us a value for a year or two, you know, but it's like we signed a 28 year old linebacker for a million dollars, you know, like, like he, he, the especially with the way he played, he should be getting paid more than that. You know, even if it's just a few million more. Um, so I definitely understand why if the Jets were just like, hey, want to do something similar. Clearly, he played better than that. And it's not like he's like this old decrepit man, which was kind of how he was viewed last year in the offseason. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I do think that the Jets are, you know, still working through some like their cap and like exactly what's all going to go down with it. You know, because if they need to sign other players or stuff like there's not a ton of room with with all the things going around and there has been talk recently about them um working on restructuring Aaron Rodgers contract as well too which could open up even you know more avenues this season financially for them um they're 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 working on it is the recent report in Aaron Rodgers land at least yeah well that's cool yeah so you know it'll be an interesting thing to to monitor I do think it's like relatively important but I'm not going to 100% bury the idea of you know maybe Jamie and Sherwood can't play 
Keep an eye. I, I, I'm looking at now, like, say if Quan goes, I mean, Miles Jack, it, it wasn't a ton of time spent in there as well, too. But Miles Jack did play with uh, Robert Sala during his rookie season in Jacksonville. Um, in, in How old is he? He is now 28, I believe. So he's he's right around I mean, the same he age. was a star, right? Like He was, he was... legit one of the best linebackers. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what he really, honestly, it's three years in a row now of 100-plus tackle seasons, four years going back to 2018, four of his last five. So has has volume, has productivity. It's it's kind of surprising he still remains a free agent, but that's kind of what that position has become. It's it's devalued. Like, I'm, like yeah, Deion Jones and, having... and Miles Jack were dogs. Definitely. No, I, I get that. And haven't we maybe not super recently, but recently passed the like uh, con- compensatory pick stage? Like if that guy was would would make yeah. his yeah, former yeah, yeah. team do a compensatory pick. So yeah. maybe some of these got like a guy like that, you know, it, it, it's kind of shocking to me that all of a sudden, like no one wants to sign Miles Jack or give him at, like, you know, a four million dollar contract or something like that. So maybe they do think they can get paid a little bit. Um but yeah, I guess Maybe. we'll see. I mean, we, we, we're going to talk about the rest of the roster on this episode, but it does seem like linebacker needs, you know, an addition, if not a couple. Yeah, I feel like we've covered that part of the conversation already for when we get down to it. it oh, maybe yeah, we'll just maybe sure. we'll just maybe we'll just do a swap there between Pittsburgh and us where they take Quan and we bring in Miles Jack and we just say, hey, look, we, we just we basically traded each other for, Works for me. But I'd also like Quan. Yeah, I love Quan. <laughs> like that guy. Quan, yeah, he was awesome last year. Um, Teddy, also um, in, in, in some less, uh, I guess, transactional news, um, <laughs> I saw a clip. Uh, Brandon Marshall was on a podcast uh, within the last week or so, and he was pleading for the Jets to bring him in as a tight end. Um, obviously, he had a, a stellar run here with the Jets for a little bit and was definitely a prolific wide receiver for them. Um, kind of one of the more memorable. What do you what are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? Is it is are you no, I'm just Brandon Marshall's about, I'm impact? thinking about Brandon. <laughs> I'm just no, 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 no. I Brandon Marshall's an all-time jet, but I'm just thinking right? about how funny it is that he said this. Yeah, yeah. The full clip is hilarious. He's 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 going off talking about the product, uh, the production he's gonna give. He's like, I'll bring you 40 catches, eight touchdowns, just bring me in as a tight end. And I look, I think it's fun to see players that are familiar with with the Jets franchise that want to come back and, and join this fun run in the time they were in, but also at the same time, it's like, hey dude, you've been out of the league for a bit. We've got enough tight ends in 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 the the room now, so I, I think yeah. right. Yeah, no, I'm 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 not interested in the Jets signing Brandon Marshall as a tight end, <laughs> especially like the Jets tight end room is already pretty hilarious to me because you have you know the two guys that you signed last year, the guy you drafted last year, the guy you drafted this year, and Yaboa, who was like the undrafted like made the team guy. Yeah. So it, it, it's a full room right now. Um, and I'm realizing I didn't even type that out on my list. Um, but yeah, oh, Brandon yeah, Marshall was the GOAT. That. 2015 was an awesome, awesome, awesome season. Um, so yeah, shout out him. <laughs> I honestly Not, didn't see that clip. That's hilarious. It also <laughs> That's hilarious. It's a very that. funny video. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then uh, only other thing. So I did actually, I just got a notification from the sleeper app. Um, I, not that I think we need to go into it because it's fucking May. And I think fantasy football is just looking for anything, but says that Ooh. Brees Hall returning in week one is a possibility. Uh, it's yeah, May. it's May. I, I've been starting to stress about the Brees Hall stuff for sure. And that means absolutely nothing to me. Like nothing this is at all. The season. <laughs> nothing this is the season where everyone's hopeful i mean i mean the 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 
the Broncos, Sean Payton, just his quote ran around about Javante being ready for, for training camp. And, and it like, it didn't even include the full quote. Like he didn't even really say that he was, he thought he was going to be ready. Um, so no, I mean, that would be sick if Brees Hall is ready by week one, but yeah, we will see. Now, are you, are you more nervous? You said you're, you're getting, you were getting nervous about, it. are you nervous from the team perspective or are you more nervous for the fantasy football perspective? For my fantasy football team, you know, <laughs> definitely. I'm worried about my fantasy football team for sure, but like I think it's I think it's worrisome enough for, for the Jets as a team. Like, you know, obviously you don't need the best running back, but Brees was our offense last year, was the reason we were so awesome. Obviously, we have Aaron Rodgers now, so things are different, but it's like the running game is just not going to be as strong without him. Um, so you know, it stressed me out, but also it's like I'm not expecting him to be back week one, so I'm already kind of baking it in my mind. You know, and we'll have to we'll have to get through that with the boys. You know what I think I'm just realizing in my head now? When I've been thinking about Aaron Rodgers return like becoming the Jets quarterback, I'm thinking about what he would have brought to the Jets team during the stretch of like weeks 10 through 18. I didn't even consider the fact like, oh, if we get a, a fully healthy Brees Hall back, like Imagine yeah. what he's going to bring to that offense when, when oh, we also have like what appears to be one of the better running backs in football. Now, obviously, ACL injuries can sometimes be a multi-year thing where we kind of get glimpses of what we had seen at the beginning of his rookie campaign there. But like, I'm just saying personally, when I was thinking of Aaron Rodgers coming in and helping out this Jets offense, I was so focused on how they how they looked, you know, so bad at the end stretch there. But like, if you can throw them in with what the offense looked like in the ground game weeks one through you know seven or eight, right? Like, obviously, pretty damn exciting. Life a lot I didn't even think easier. about it that way. Yeah, um, I do think it'll be interesting. Like, I don't know, you know, like off the top of my head, specific ACL injuries. I feel like all the knee injuries like blend together in my mind when guys have them. Mm-hmm. But I do think, I, like, what kind of what you just said, like to. Um, like, even if he comes back, you know, like week four, week five, week six, something like that, which which he probably will, you know, I still, you know, I, I'm not, maybe Jets fans don't want to hear it, but it's like, I'm not going to be surprised if he's not as, you of know, course. great as he was, you know, and, and it's a thing where we've seen it, you know, we've seen it with like a, a Saquon or, you know, uh, uh, there's other guys who just like, it takes them a few years after the injury and it's like, okay, now they're back. Um, so, you know, obviously we hope that the guy can just bounce back and, and be the guy he's going to be, but, but something to think about. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons you draft a guy like Izzy. Um, and, and, you know, you got Michael Carter still, and you're going to have that guy who's a little bigger opposite. And, um, but yeah, the Brees saga, I don't really think, I mean, do you, would you like right now, would you bet he's going to play week one? Like I would expect like week four, week five. Yeah, I would I would say they would I, there's no reason to rush him out there, I would say. Um especially yeah. because you're a team that's a you're not a team that's focused on piling up wins in September right now. You're you're a team that you're assuming is is a team that wants to pile up on the wins as we head into the end of the season yeah. and into the and postseason. Un, unlike last year when we lost Brees, like we couldn't throw the ball, so we also couldn't run the ball because teams could just play the box on us, you know? And, like, they're not going to be able to do that with Aaron Rodgers and the weapons that we now have. I, I am laughing at myself now because I just remember how, 
last year. This is what's just so funny about doing the show now for a second year and like all last, you know, leading up to the season, it was like, let's just be within the season past September. Like, let's just be winning games and not like start off the season. Oh, and oh yeah. Now. And now, and now one year later, I'm just like, well, we're not, we're not focused on winning in September. Let's pile up the wins for the end of the season into the playoffs. It's like so funny how quickly that's changed. Yeah. And I mean, like I'm focused on winning in September well, yes, for sure. Yes. But- but, but the I way that the team is constructed, from. it's like we want to be a team that is is not rushing our players out there because we want them to be ready for a playoff push and at their best. Right, right. And you want to hit your And stride. hopefully it will be less of a need for exactly. sure. Yeah, so that's funny. Um, Word. Teddy, the only other, other news thing, um, Joe Douglas admits that he botched the Zach Wilson situation. I, which I think, but by the yes. way, I, I don't think it's the first time he said this. I feel like a couple months ago, he was like, yeah, I wish I had a veteran to come in and kind of have Zach Wilson sit behind him. Um, so I don't know if this is the first time we've heard him say this. Yeah, LaFleur Le- said out. it Oh, in maybe his uh, exit interview. So that could be what you're thinking yeah, about. Thinking but yeah, um, Douglas, he was speaking with Pro Football Talk. I'm reading an article by Jets F- Jet X. Jets X factor right now. Um, but basically, basically the gist is he's just saying like, you know, in, now that in hindsight um, you look back and it's like, maybe Zach could have benefited from, from, you know, sitting behind a veteran. And he says, you know, maybe if you bring in uh, Joe Flacco and let him play, you know, which to me is just like so dumb. And especially like the headline that, and the story people is, Joe Douglas admits Jets botch Zach Wilson situations. Like that's what people read. Um, and to me, it's so dumb because you, you, it's like, okay, here we are three years later after Zach Wilson was the worst quarterback in the league over two seasons. And it's like, yeah, maybe you can look back and be like, wow, the Jets really shouldn't have ever played Zach Wilson. But at the same time, it's like, what would we have all been saying if all of a sudden week one, Joe Douglas goes out or Joe Flacco goes out and starts over Zach Wilson. Like we would have been pissed, you know, this past week um, Carolina comes out and they say that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter as of right now for OTAs in week, like over Bryce young, who was the first overall pick for the Panthers. And it's like, everyone's clowning them for even saying that, because it's like, we all know that, that it's going to be the, the, the guy that he drafted first overall. So to me, it's like this funny it's just like people love to take ret- like looking at things in hindsight and be like, wow, what a terrible move. And it just it, it got me a little bit fired up when I saw it. Um, and and the quote, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the gist of the quote that I'm looking at is, is, you know, we we made the decision. This is Douglas. We made the decision to jump in headfirst with our youth movement. We had so many first and second year players, a new coaching staff. Let's go in and attack this thing with youth. We knew there was going to be some growing pains, but we're all going to grow together. And and he goes on to say, we saw some of the benefits of that last year, but you don't take into account any of the ramifications, which is a very fair and honest point. Like they were a very young team in general. It wasn't like they were going to trot out Joe Flacco and things were going to be massively better for the Jets because of it. Um, in those situations, you kind of want to see what your quarterback has. And, and you're right. People would have freaked out if Joe Flacco was starting over Zach Wilson or, you know, and, and it could have been any, a variety of other veteran quarterbacks at that point. But I think the case being is like, there's no, there is no perfect situation. 
you know, you take a look and you're like, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes had a year to sit behind Alex Smith and look at what he's done. Okay, well, Josh Allen went through two years of growing pains and then instantly, you know, skyrocketed. Interesting. Like some quarterbacks just need time. Some quarterbacks are ready day one. Justin Herbert comes out as a rookie and is phenomenal in his first season. One of the best rookie seasons we've ever had at the position. It's there's no perfect math to it. And I think we we tend to really overanalyze, but really we just want to complain when our team's quarterback isn't what we want him to be. Exactly. And like you, like, um, you know, the, the guys who are going to be good are going to be good, you know, at, at points, like you look at a guy like Justin Fields, who the whole story over Zach Wilson's first two years is the jets have done everything right and surrounded this guy with talent and, you know, gotten him out there and done all that. And the bears have done everything wrong and they haven't surrounded the guy with talent and they haven't, you know, and guess what now after this year it's like oh justin fields was awesome or, or at least pretty good and we kind of believe in him and zach wilson's the worst it's like the good players are going to be good at some point and i also think with this quote it's like joe douglas at the end he says i would have probably if i had to do anything over again i would have had that veteran presence in the room early for zach and i think this is where things get so misconstrued is like if you want to say that Joe Douglas made a mistake there, which he did, it was the fact that they didn't sign Flacco until, you know, three weeks in or whatever it was, Um, which, you know, he says like he took the deal with the Eagles or whatever, and we traded him, which is fine. But the fact that he let that sit there without a veteran, with it just being Zach and Mike white and whoever the third guy was sure. But that's really what the quote is primarily about. But then the story goes around like, oh, Jets they should have been start, the, you know, so it yeah. it was just like funny to read. Um, and I felt like, you know, just talking about it. But yeah, yeah, it's so dumb. So dumb. And Teddy to to transition into another we're thing in that, that season, so I guess. Well, that's what I'm about to say. The, the, the next dumb thing is that we're three weeks in now talking about the Quinn and Williams contract extension and each week. There seems to be something new that comes out. This was Sunday, and it was maybe like a half hour before the the Quan Alexander visiting the Steelers news came out. So it was really just like a bomb followed by another bomb. Quinnen Williams changes his Twitter bio, which is just like contract negotiation 101. Yet again here of like Thank what you. a player Thank that you. is looking for a new deal does. He changes his bio to defensive tackle for dot, dot, dot. It used to say Jets. Now it doesn't. The report comes out a little bit later in the day that he's searching for money between 25 million to 30 million, which look the high to be the highest paid defensive tackle, non Aaron Donald right now. He is, we'll say to every week, he's an exception to the deal. The, the being the highest paid defensive tackle outside of him is 24. And they're just saying that we want to be in that 25 to $30 million range. That's the report that comes out. That's the money he's looking for. All of this is just like we've seen it so many fucking times. I'm so tired of people freaking out about it. Yeah, I, I'm happy that that's that's your viewpoint on it. it like, like, go listen to last week's episode. And yeah. like, like, this is exactly what we said. And that's why, like, when stuff like this happens, like, everyone's, like, move, jump is just like, oh, I need to react. Like, oh, this is terrible. But it's like, again, it's like, how do players negotiate these days? They do shit like this where they change their bio because it's the littlest thing you can do. And all of a sudden you got the whole fan base shaking in their boots. Also, like like people are so mad that the agent is requesting 25 to 30 million and everyone in the in the in like the replies of these tweets, all the Jets fans are like, 
24 would put him at the highest. Like he only needs 24. Like, and it's like, all right, like the cool. the, the team is gonna say 24 because that's the lowest of the possible ranges. And then the agent is gonna say 25 to 30 because that's the highest of the possible ranges, <laughs> just like we said yes last week. So like the deals, like like look the, the, the reports right there. If if his agent leaked, they want something in the range of 25 to 30 million like average a year it's like something is going to get done that is the easiest like oh we were going to pay him 24 but we're definitely not going to pay him 25 like that is over the line it's like everyone just calm down this is going to get done probably in like a month like all of this news is stuff that we talked about last week before this was news that's why like all the talking points are just 100 expected things to me it just it's so simple like what it is it, it and i think what is catching all of maybe the jets fans and the people outside is because people have talked about how high his character is and how he's you know the vocal leader of that defense right. and how he's it's like oh it's so surprising that a, a guy of this um character or of this impact in the locker room is going to go and do it and i think that's the that's the whole tactic is it's like yeah. we want to put your feet to the fire, Jets front office, because he is that high character guy, and he right. is willing like, to take these measures to say, "Pay me." Like that. This is just it. It's so simple and it's so stupid. Yet people seem to like, and it happens every year, and it'll happen next year with somebody else. And hey, when Sauce's rookie contract is up, it's gonna fucking happen with him, and maybe it happens with Garrett Wilson too. Like it's gonna fucking happen with every star player because they want to be the highest paid if they deserve to be the highest paid. Right. It's it it it. If any great so player stupid. is taking the first deal, you're losing out on it's money. Stupid. Like you are, and Ugh. to me, it's just like it. it you know, Quinnen, like other than Sauce, he is like the best player on this defense. Yeah, I'm just still not at all in a world where you know you know I'm worried about this. Not at all, and and to the point where I was gonna um, offer I was gonna offer up a proposition for us on this show, but I'm in this in this battle now because on one hand, it's the slow news season, and, and we're we're gonna need stuff to talk about, and here we are talking about it for the third week. Still worried, row. but I was gonna propose that we just stop fucking talking about this until either a deal oh, is signed yeah. or he's done. Well. We, we might Here's run out of shit I'll... to talk about. <laughs> so that's my only concept. No, yeah. And the reason I'll push back on that is like is like <laughs> the only reason it's not like this we keep just like talking about it. There's always like a talking point that happens or like an uproar from you know what I mean? It's not like we're just like this is the same news right. cycle. But it this does come stuff. back to the same point. Like we all yeah, reach 100%, the same point. How which is why we don't are... need to spend an hour on it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we just bring it up and we're like, hey. This is where it's at. We're done. This is what happened this week. Yeah. Next conversation. But it's just the, the only point of this conversation is last week we talked about how like players use social media to negotiate and that the range is going to be somewhere from 24 to 30 million. And like those are the two talking points that have people so up in arms. And it's like, guys, come on. Like this is the most expected move. Where else would they have been requesting? Like what else did you expect? Quinnen's agent to request you know like it just doesn't yeah. make any sense to me <laughs> uh, yeah exactly it's not like there's a you know it, it'd be one thing if we're in this point of the league where like we're starting to get people 
non-quarterback related and honestly non-Deshaun Watson related where it's like, oh, they're getting fully caught, you know, fully guaranteed. Right. Deals. And it's like, we're not, we're not even at that point in the NFL yet. It's just like they yeah, want yeah. to be the highest paid and they want to be at a certain number. And that's what it is. It's just, it's so dumb. And yet it's here. We are three weeks into it now where it's like, a, it's, it's literally like every weekend something new comes out and I'm thankful because it does, like I said, it, it's given us the last five minutes of something to talk about here in it the middle of May where nothing is going on. But uh, yeah, I, I think we both have remained very confident and very much on the same page here where there is no, no reason. To yeah. Work. Like I'll, I'll say it. If, if all of a sudden we, everything falls apart, you know, and we don't get Joe Douglas, I'll be mad and I'll be right there with all the Jets fans who are mad about it. Uh, I said Joe Douglas, but, but if, you know, I'm not going to get mad about it until like, you know, second week of training camp rolls around or something like that. Yeah. I was going to say if, if we get to the hall of fame game or maybe a little bit after, and he still isn't like practicing, I'm going to be like, all right, guys, can we just pony up that extra million? Like that'll be the annoying part. But until then I have, no reason to be like any bit upset or worried about a deal getting done here. Cause they're going to do the thing yeah. is too, at the end of it is like, they're, they're going to get the go. deal done. I know they're going to get the deal done and they're going to sit up there at that fucking table. And, and Quinn right. is going to say, gonna I in. always, I always wanted to be a jet. I never wanted to leave here. And, and Sala is going to say, there's no way we were going to let him leave. Like that's, what's going to happen. That's the ending yeah. of this is both yeah. sides are going to say like, we knew from the start that this was going to get done. And it's just, it's like, think about like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll let it let's, be. Let's move on. All right. We're going to talk. Let's we, talk we, about where this roster can improve. Yeah. Yeah. We need our uh, all pro defensive tackle on there. Um, no, we, we were going to say, we were going to do this at the end of last week's episode, but we decided to table it to this week. Um, kind of just going through the different position groups on the Jets roster as it stands right now at the, the Jets depth chart for 2023. And just looking at like, where do we still need help or where can we still add depth or where are we maybe a little bit worried about the, the position groups? Um, Teddy, I think the best yeah, way. Re- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say real quick, like, like we're talking about, like, this is the slow season, but you know, we just went through end of season where players are cut and their contracts are expired. And then you go right into, you know, free agency or whatever. And then into the draft, and so it's like all of a sudden the league and the landscape of the league and, you know, which teams have which players and star power and whatever, like that has all kind of shuffled around. So to me, it's like, yes, this is obviously the boring part of the season, but right after the draft, it's always kind of once after you get over that, like initial hype, I think it's really the best time to, you know, just sit down and be like, all right, like, where do we stand? Like, where does this roster check out and where where do things oh okay you know we're still we still need a little bit of work and I think before the draft you always have like oh maybe they draft someone or maybe they sign someone or and you know you know we're kind of running out of that um obviously there's still going to be a few veteran signings here and there but but I think it's just a good time to take inventory see where we're at and and really start to uh you know project how we're going to see all this going I guess yeah I think the best way to go about this is to just run through offense first, defense after. We'll talk to each position group. And if we if we have a point where we need to say, stop, let's talk about this one, we do it. Because I think there's certain position groups where we both agree, like, we're fine here. Like, to start things off, at quarterback, I think we're pretty fine here. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you seem you seem to have I'd make the hesitation. argument we need a backup. <laughs> I'd make the argument we need a backup, but but I won't. I'll hold that conversation for another day. I think um, they've said they've made it very clear that they think no, Zach Wilson uh, and, will be the number two. It's the right move to make, um, and I do think it is the like there is some world where Zach Wilson ends up being an okay football player, um, because of this experience with Aaron Rodgers. So so I I'm definitely think getting him out there, but. With that being said, I was 100% ready to give up on Zach Wilson, even as a backup before we signed Rodgers. Um, but yes, we do not need to talk about quarterback. I was going to say, list of list of free agents. Uh, Flacco's still one out there. Uh, <laughs> Matt Ryan, Carson I don't want Wentz. any of these guys either. <laughs> yeah, Matt Ryan, I mean, Carson I mean, Wentz, Nick Foles. Stop. I just listed you two of the last two quarterbacks for the for the Indianapolis. I guess his backups. It's right, but they thing. could be backups, not starters. You know, it seems like again, Matt, we're fine. Shout out we to Matt Tim Ryan Boyle. by the shout out to Matt Ryan by the way. He is uh, he signed a two million dollar deal with CBS to do uh, an NFL yeah. analyst role, and the Colts are paying him twelve million this year. So to not I know he 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 very specifically said I am not retiring from the NFL, so yeah, because we can still get that contract. Very smart. So good for him. Very yeah. smart. Um, let's move along. Nothing else to talk about with the quarterback struggler season as a, uh, as, as QB three. We, I'm not, I was going to ask you, who do you think makes as the third stringer, but we're not going there running back. Let's talk about the real players <laughs> <laughs> running back. Anything. Do you say like, we're good. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect like signings with the guys we have. Um, I guess like, I don't, obviously we need to see Israel. I'm not going to say his last name play. Um, but you know, like Bam was at least okay. He's at least a guy who can be out there. And, you know, I do think Michael Carter is good, albeit maybe not the biggest guy. So you think about this room without Brees, you know, maybe there is another signing, you know, in training camp or whatever, if, if Brees isn't available, just so you have that fourth body and maybe someone sticks, but I do kind of see like, they're just going to roll with this room until Brees is ready and then work him back in. I think there will be a kind of like how we were talking about with linebacker, where with Quan last year and even up this upcoming season, they'll probably make an addition like week two of training camp. I, I think depending on the progress that Brees Hall makes, and if it does end up looking like a week four or five, I do think they're going to bring in another guy, especially just because there's yeah. a, there's a lot of names. I mean, like, and I know running back is one of those things where it's like, you know, there's a ton of names out there, but and, and and let me say this. I think in all likelihood, they bring in a name until Brees shows that he consistently be relied on. And then I think they'll just keep with Michael Carter, Izzy, or Bam as the backup. Like, right. I think this guy will be a Even rental. Even if they bring in a guy. Yeah. I think the I guy totally they bring agree. in will be a rental. Like, like, would you be surprised if, like... I I don't the the two top names there were in the same draft class picks four and eight Zeke and Lenny uh, Leonard Fournette like would you be surprised if either of them came in and they played for weeks one through six or maybe even the first half of the season and when Brees is back they're kind of just back out on the free agent market and maybe they've shown enough where another team um, wants to sign them for their run like what what are your thoughts there? it if if it worked out that both of those guys, you know, remained unsigned and then we're just going to be signed for like a vet minimum. But I do kind of still think they'll demand, you know, a couple million think, dollar contract. I think that, both. Of, that, I think I think all these guys are going to be training camp signings. I think Zeke and Fournette, Kareem Hunt, 
Um, I was looking at David Johnson's like, I, I think these guys, think there's like, a reason they haven't been signed yet. Like, I think they're going to wait for a need and then some team is going to pay at, I don't know, like a name like Zeke, like everyone wants to say Zeke's old wash. Like Zeke was all right for what he was last year. You know, he wasn't the pass catching back or super dynamic guy, but he could run in between the tackles very well, you know, and very efficiently. Like, and I, I just think he's a guy, you know, he was making whatever he was making last year to see him sign for the vet minimum would be a little bit of a surprise to me. So I don't really think those names, I think the jets would be more likely to pick someone less kind of with, with less of a name value. Um, but what the fuck do I know? Maybe I'm going to give it, I'm going to give a shout out real quick. I, I want him to get a job because I think he's, he's two years now removed from a torn Achilles where I think like you could get a good value here. Marlon Mack is available. And like he was, Ugh. he was coming. Oh, dude, dude, don't. He was, he was a two-year thousand. <laughs> I loved Marlon Mack. He's that but boy. Marlon Mack is but he dead. had a torn Achilles. Marlon it's Mack taken two dead. years. He's only twenty-seven. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, but that's isn't that like Deonta Foreman like the first player ever to come back after a torn Achilles? I think there's been other guys with a torn Achilles before. I think so. I don't know. There has to have been. There has that's to have been. a career but, ender. But maybe you're right. Maybe you're there's the, the tier below those top two. Because you're right. Maybe those two are the guys that get signed as, as a team that like needs a, a guy that's competing for a starting running back. But you've got guys below that, like David Johnson, Kenyon Drake. I'm gonna throw Marlon Mack in there because I love him. But um Mark Ingram, he's another old head that could just provide you give me give me five to six weeks of just being a body in there that could be a little bit more of a physical runner. Cause that's what I think this is missing right now. I know Bam. Had some pop, but then he also fizzled out pretty quickly as a, as the season went on, yeah. as, as we started to rely on him. So just give me somebody that can fucking bash, because right now, to me, we've got some breakaway speed and a guy that can kind of tumble around in Michael Carter. Um, I, I want to see somebody that I could feel a little bit more comfortable with as a goal line guy. Yeah, I, I think it all come down to first couple weeks, first couple, you know, week, weeks uh, yeah. of training camp, see how our, our three guys perform, and then we'll go from there. I think I think this will be something that isn't addressed up until the midway point of training camp, essentially. Um, moving on, any anything wide receiver wise? Yeah, so this is something I wanted to talk I'm about. Ready to get into so you this. look at at, I'm so at ready. this wide well, yeah, and I don't even really because we've done the argument a lot. So yeah, we have argued this for a bit. <laughs> I, I want to be very clear about what I'm saying, but so you look at this um, wide receiver room. And right now it's Garrett Wilson, followed by Alan Lazard, Corey Davis, Miko Hardman, Denzel Mims, and Randall Cobb. Do I think that room is good enough? Yes. Do I think that room is going to be addressed? No. So that's where I stand with it. And I think when you look from a team building perspective, it's like we've done all that we needed to do at receiver. And I think that's fine. Where I do want to push back a little bit is part of me does at least worry a little bit when I think about like the Jets being a Super Bowl contender. I think about this wide receiver room and I do like like there is a world where Alan Lazard and Corey Davis and McCole Hardman are all a little bit underwhelming. You know, like none of them, you know, like Alan Lazard definitely, you know, I think he had like 800 something yards last year. He's a pretty good player, and I think he's established himself. But he's not like a like, you know, he's not a a, a T Higgins or like a, a, a he's not like this elite number two option. You know, he's he is a good player, 
And I just do think there's this world where like all of a sudden our wide receiver room isn't quite good enough to really get it done when I'm thinking about like going to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, there's a world where Lazard's awesome. Davis is pretty good. You know, Hardman does his thing and things work out. But I, 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 when I sit down and I think, okay, let me think about this team. Like, where could things go wrong? I do kind of see this wide receiver room and I'm a little bit like, I don't know. There is that, that downside. Yeah, I, I remain, we, we've remained firm in our stances on this. I think the receiver room is perfectly fine because I think, at least for the guys that have already been on the team, you're going to get an elevated level because of who is playing quarterback. Like, Garrett Wilson was fucking amazing last year. He's going to be a legit top five receiver in the league next year. Like, he just is. The, the production that you got and the impact that you got out of him based on the quarterback play that he was, you know, playing with, you know, Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Zach Wilson – like you're going to see him relied on as, as a legitimate, like maybe it's not a top three guy, but I, I do think at the end of the day, you're going to look at him and say like, he's a top five to seven wide receiver in the league. So I think you're getting a bump there with him. Alan Lazard, you know, uh, he's, you're right. He's not an elite number two wide receiver, but he's the comfort guy. He's the guy that has the familiarity with Rogers and he's something that's remaining a little bit of continuity there. Corey Davis, third down, Corey Davis, all reliable. And now you've got an even Stay better quarterback going to him. Fine. Exactly. Like, I think that he's another guy that it's like, yeah, we didn't love him, but the quarterbacks he's played for in his career, the best one is a season of Ryan Tannehill. Like, he's going to get a huge upgrade here. This is far and away the best quarterback he's ever played for. You know, Miko Hardman, probably just a, a net. You're probably going to just hope that it pans out in a new situation. You know, he he had glimmers of, of hope. In, in Kansas City, but he was with Mahomes and with Andy Reid. So I don't think we can say that, you know, he's going to get a huge boost here um, in this new situation. Because I think the last one he was in, there was an opportunity for him to really strike. And, and he he missed out on that opportunity, especially this past season. Um, so he's a guy that I look at and I, I don't maybe have the highest expectations for him. But um, I, I just I think we're underestimating the impact that Aaron Rodgers is going to have on these two receivers, Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson, where like, I, I don't know, is there a certain prototype of receiver that you're like, we don't, we're missing this kind of guy here because to me, you've got the, you've got the, the heavy target, you know, you've got the number one in, in Garrett Wilson. Lazar is the guy that's going to stretch the field. Davis is the blocking guy that's great and reliable on third down. Hardman and, and Cobb, I guess, a little bit are the gadget guys. And Mims, you're just like, well, you're still here. How the fuck did that happen? But is there a prototype wide receiver that you think the Jets currently are missing? No. And I, and I like, if we're picking sides, like, I'm with you, you know, and I'm on the side of, like, I like, and I think what I'm on mostly underestimating, and it's probably from being scarred as a Jets fan, but it's like, when you have a guy like Garrett Wilson, it makes having Alan Lazard be that number two guy. Like it makes him that much because Alan Lazard doesn't need to be, you know, an elite number one option. Um, and from the perspective of like prototypes, it's like, yeah, you have Garrett and then Alan Lazard and Davis at their peaks can both be awesome. So it's not, it, I really just wanted to bring up the idea of like, you know, I don't know there are better rooms out there like, and, and, and yeah. with Rogers and with all these guys, it shouldn't matter, but it, it just, it, it, it did grab me a little bit that just like Lazard could underperform, you know, even what he did last year. And if Corey Davis isn't, you know, Mr. Old reliable again, 
then all of a sudden it's kind of like, okay, so what do we have behind Garrett? But, you know, like I said, it's not my prediction, Look, but I, I, it's just something to think about. There, There is a chance that we're looking at the sliding door of just not giving those extra few million up there for OBJ. We could be sitting there at week 10 and say, say Corey Davis gets banged up. Like maybe we're sitting there and where we're like, I'm just saying in comparison to the free agents that are available right now, because you look at the list and it's, it's Kenny Galladay, no, it's Julio yeah, Jones, still, it's now Jarvis that, now Landry. That now that we're done with OBJ, I'm fully back in on like the OBJ's nothing. Man. Oh, I hate you. Fuck you. Fuck you. OBJ is great. <laughs> He's going to be fantastic. Well, probably not because he has Lamar for a game or two thrown to him in that Baltimore offense. Um, Dude, oh my God, you and your Lamar hate. Absolutely I don't hate Lamar. I don't hate Lamar. So ridiculous. I think they're he's actually so they're going to be so no 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 no. So whoa, 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 whoa. It's not a Lamar Jackson thing. It's not a Lamar Jackson thing. It yeah, was a it offense. was a Greg Roman thing, and now they've got in uh what's his name from Georgia. It's going to be oh, a lot got better. A cool name. It's going to be a lot what's better this year. S's maybe. I like that guy. I can't, I can't, it's not coming to the top of my head. No, I just, their offense was so frustrating to watch. It was like the most infuriating thing because they knew nothing. They were, they were doing nothing in the passing game. Um, And they were just like, here, Lamar, create magic. No, I love Lamar Jackson. I want him to be the Colts quarterback. All right, um, good. Good. Yeah, that would I just, I, there is that sliding door where you're right, where we look at it and, and really to me, the only, issue that i would worry about is is davis there is the number three where i'd be like if we could have swapped in the playmaking ability of an odell beckham jr that's going to be the one where i think we miss out on uh a little bit i am impact. hopeful that it would be cool if hardman could could you know really like establish himself as a number two number three guy and just like play a lot and and then you really only need to have Corey davis out there situationally not that i have anything against davis but just from like a if you're looking at these guys' ceilings, I'd prefer Hardman's. Re My point here isn't even about like team building in general. It's specifically about like winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, but this yeah. this group could be good enough to win a Super Bowl. It could be, but it's just like when I was thinking about it, it just kind of scared me when I'm thinking about Alan Lazard, even though I'm a believer in him. So. The, you know, the Chiefs just thought, but let's the Chiefs just won it with their number two receiving option is is Kadarius Tony. Yeah, but well, and and you know we have Rodgers who's obviously awesome. The Chiefs are the exception to the rule because you have the greatest quarterback, you know, in Patrick Mahomes. Like like it doesn't matter. I think their Aaron second Rogers, leading receiver baby. had less than six hundred yards got, last year. We got Aaron Rodgers. Somehow he threw for five thousand yards. You know, <laughs> is that crazy? That is insane. Um, Teddy, let's let's just jump down while we're on the 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 uh, the playmakers. Let's go to tight end here. We obviously, you know, a group that I think we we really were excited about um, heading into last season, and maybe it was just the offense as a whole and the passing game as a whole. Where I personally just felt like we weren't getting enough juice out of the tight end room, or maybe not enough production. But you've got Conklin, Uzoma, Rucker, Yaboye, and uh, and Kuntz as well too, um, which. Uh, by the way, quick shout out to Fran if you're Fran, listening. Fran, Fran Coons. Coons. Give us a follow on follow Twitter. We support on Twitter. you. Appreciate we, that. We will be. We. I, I just want to say we'll be the biggest Coons fans. Like I. I am prepared. And if you listen to our pod a few weeks ago, we we really gave him. We gave him a lot of love. <laughs> so go back and listen. Keep adding those listens to the show. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> Start the rewatchability of the show. Is nuts. Um. What do you think no, about the, the tight end, end rooms? And Tight end room's an interesting one. Obviously, there's 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 no need. Um, we talked about it with Brandon Marshall. There's no need. <laughs> the only kind of interesting thing, I think, like what you said, you know, last year we could have used more 
um, production. Conklin did, you know, especially towards the end of the year, he started kind of breaking out a little bit more and being that guy. I'm pretty comfortable with him as our number one option, especially with the guys behind him. What I've been seeing a lot of buzz about, um, read a couple articles, I'm not sure by who, um, but CJ Uzama basically was like, like the most, like a very inefficient passer last year or pass catcher, which we knew, but also was a very bad run blocker, um, which is interesting because that's kind of why you have him out there. So basically all like the buzz is that the door is kind of open for Rucker to really establish himself as that number two tight end. And then obviously, you know, uh, CJ's contract will be up after this year. So I do think that's something to watch in the tight end room. Um, Obviously when you take a guy in the third round, you want them to be a a contributor to your team, especially, you know, in year two. So I think that'll be something to watch, especially when you look at how uh, Uzama played last year, it wasn't like he needs to be on the field. Um, So that'll be interesting, but I definitely think Conklin will be the guy. Um, And I'm pretty comfortable with all these guys. I mean, Yaboa was good for an undrafted guy. Um, but we really didn't see a ton of them. So it'll be interesting to watch. This is the position group that I think I'm most excited of what like the Aaron Rodgers elevation will bring to it because I do yeah. think there is a lot of untapped potential and and they just never seem to really get into a flow with the passing game and, and utilizing the tight ends last year. Um, and you think back about just the experience of Nathaniel Hackett run offenses. It, it did feature, you know, a lot of tight end plays well too. I think they were the, the year that, who was that Denver tight end? Was it Justin Thomas that went to Jacksonville? I believe that was the the packet yes. season. It was right around that time, and he was the big signing that came in there. And obviously, it didn't pan out for a certain number of reasons. But like they do like to utilize the tight end. So this is one position group where I take a look at, and he like, I don't know if you're in the fantasy land or whatnot, and you want to take a look at like guys to really buy low on. You could go in and try and really buy low on a guy like Conklin at this time, and and just for the fact that. This is going to be a team that is scoring touchdowns um, and, and will be relying on, on tight ends and short yarded situations. So I, I like you said, the yeah, room is full. Quick, quick fantasy minute. I, yeah. I 100% am, am in on Conklin as a guy to grab. Um, I think he's going to, I think even more than last year, I mean, Uzama really did nothing catching the ball, but I really think he's going to get a lot of playing time. And I think like when you're in this offense with Aaron Rodgers he's going to get some work, you know, especially you think about how little tight ends, how ineffective they are in fantasy football, just getting a guy who's like remotely consistent is a positive. And, and I think Conklin would be that. But yeah, I think, I think the, I agree with you. The room is full. I don't see where the addition would be. The only guys out in the world right now that have any connections, um, you know, Mercedes Lewis, it was reported. He's not going to be coming back to green Bay. Um, he's at 38 there. And that was one of the names near like Aaron Rodgers buddies. Maybe he gets a camp invite if anything, but I, you know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, wants to continue his career, but is kind of running out of places to continue it at, especially with his former team, just saying they're, they're going to be moving younger at the position. Um, yeah, to me, this is a room where you're looking for who, who are going to be the guys who aren't on the team. I'd put Yaboa as the exactly. kind of chopping block guy, but but I, I don't expect any additions here. Yeah. Yep. Uh let's move on to the Five offensive too line. Many. Let's yeah, it is too many. Four is four. Yeah, is and I think for at. the offensive line, we can we can kind of talk about once, but individual positions, I guess tackle guard center. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. No, it makes a ton of sense. Take me, let's let's talk through tackle right now, because I think that's the the position that I think. Yeah, 
tackle is an interesting spot. Um, so right now the top kind of four, uh, five guys, you got Dwayne Brown, Makai Becton, then followed up by Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, who we brought in right before the draft, and then Carter Warren, who we drafted. Um, a lot of it obviously is going to depend on the health and availability of a guy like Makai Becton and, you know, Dwayne Brown, who's older and had that like awesome year last year where he just stayed healthy the whole time. Um, but to me, I still kind of think this is a room that's fine just because despite the kind of unsureness of your two starting position, I think you have built that depth up. Like Max Mitchell's a guy who, who, you know, was able to step in and be all right last year. And Better than a expected. Guy who started some games in Billy Turner and then another kind of draft project in Carter Warren. Obviously, he probably won't be the first guy in if someone goes down. But I definitely think like for now, um, you know, assuming that Dwayne Brown and Makai are going to be healthy, this room is is fine. If one of those guys goes down, obviously, you might have to make a depth addition. But most likely, I think Max Mitchell would be that guy kind of stepping in. Yeah, I think we're pretty set. I don't know why in my head. And I feel bad because I feel like I've been talking like the last two months, like Dwayne Brown was still a free agent, but he signed a two year deal. I don't know why I was I've been thinking of that mindset that there was because there was. Yeah, I think I had that for a little bit. And I is he going to be coming back? Is like people had been talking about it out there. It's like, is he coming back? Maybe that was more of a retirement thing than anything. Yeah, probably. But I, I just was like, I was like, I was like, wait, he's not on the free agent list. So like, where is he? And it's like, oh, wait, he signed a two year deal when he came back. I don't know why my brain switched to that. But no, you're right. I, I think tackle is as in good of a shape as it could be. And you're right. The, what I like about the reserve guys as well, too, is it's a good variety. You had Max Mitchell, who to me outperformed as a rookie and you're like interested in his development. You've got Billy Turner in there that has worked with the Nathaniel Hackett offense for the last what, three, four seasons now familiar with the quarterback as well too. And then another project, like you said, in Carter Warren, where you're like, can he be another Max Mitchell prototype next season? So obviously you've got a 38, 39 year old left tackle Becton, you know, who has yet to appear on the field, uh, you know, for a stretch of games uh, since his God damn, year. I'd love if Becton could just be healthy and good. Exactly. So that's, that that's the so thing. Awesome. Is like you take a look at, at the five names there and you're like, all right, that's good. Obviously, we need both of those starters, though. It's it's very it's very um, important that those top two are, are on the field yeah. for 17 games, because after, like you said, if one of them go down, if both of them go down, like then it it's it's scary territory. And that's the last thing you need to um to protect keeping an older quarterback upright. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, I, I, how, how many fucking I mean, offensive and they get injured like it's going to happen, you know, and hopefully luck goes our way a little bit. Um, But but yeah. At least for now, we can say we can say they're good, and and I want to jump to center next because it's another position mm-hmm. I think we're more than fine at. Yep. Um, you know, center's kind of one of those weird positions where it seems like sometimes teams like kind of just ignore it and are like, oh, we'll get one of our guards to do it. You know. Yeah. But so you look at what the Jets did, and they finally signed Connor McGovern after you know however long in free agency, and then followed that up with a second round draft pick as well. Um, in Tipman who. I think Blake and I both think is going to get that starting nod. Um, so, you know, that room's more than fine to me. And I honestly am pretty, like, I'll be pretty okay with either of those guys being out there. Like, obviously, Tipman, we need to see. And, and you know, 
he has to go out there and do it before he can fully buy in. But I believe that he'll be he'll be fine. And McGovern's a guy who, yeah, is he the best center? No, but he's kind of been underrated in the amount of hate he gets for his performance, which has actually been pretty average, if not slightly above. So center room is is not much to talk about. Yeah, I agree. I, I I want Tittman to get the start. I want him to be the guy that just from day one for the next eight to ten years is the starting center for the Jets. Um, I yeah, I think they they wanted they wanted Ben Jones and Ben Jones is got cold feet at the moment. That's that's where the other signing comes down to. And I don't think that Ben Jones would have gotten in the way of bringing in Tittman, um, but I just think it would have been Ben Jones over McGovern. And when they realized over that they McGovern. couldn't when they couldn't get to the draft without you know. Um, with confidence that it was going to be Ben Jones, they just were like, look, we have to abandon this and just bring in a guy that is comfortable with the organization and can at least provide some stability. But yep, center, pretty good there. Talk about guard, because you you obviously you saved them for last. So let's let's get yes. into the guard conversation. So I saved the guard for last because I think this is where when you are um when you're kind of perusing the roster, this is kind of where you you're on the offense and you're like, all right, this is where there's still some, some work to be done. Um, obviously at guard, we have Elijah Vera Tucker and Lakin Tomlinson who Elijah Vera Tucker, you have a guy who was awesome and is awesome. And, you know, is a team captain or at least, you know, in that kind of echelon, one of the better players on our offense. Um, and then you have a guy in Lakin Tomlinson who really, really underperformed last year. I know you, basically every week would be like, God damn, Lakin, just another terrible game. Yeah. Um, so you're not really all that confident in your, in your top two guys, primarily just your second guy. And then you follow that up with, you know, Tristan Cologne and Wes Schweitzer. Um, Blake, before I get into either of those guys, do you have any opinions on either of those two players? The depth guys? Yes. Or the like, do you, are you like aware of them? Yeah. See, I saw this and immediately panicked because uh, I was just like, I've heard of West Schweitzer. Like, I've heard of Schweitzer. So Schweitzer's a guy who's been in the league since 2017. Yeah. Um, you know, started most of his games in his early career and has kind of been like a an in and out guy. Is over he? The last can four. I ask? Is there any? I'm trying to think where I know him from. Is there any Commanders, uh, Washington football team in there yes, for him? Yes, that's, that's his where most I, recent that's where team. Last three from. years, and then Atlanta was his first three. Um, so, you know, it's a guy with a lot of experience, like maybe I don't know enough about him to, to say that it's a bad depth piece, but I'm, I'm just kind of unaware. And then the other guys, Tristan Cologne, um, who is a fourth year player was with the Ravens started 12 games in, uh, 2021, but only six last year, only two in his first season. Um, so, you know, it's not like the end of the world at guard, I guess, like we have, four guys who have experience um but it is to me like you have avt and then you have three kind of like question marks and you know not really like highly touted guys and i think that's where on this offensive line you could get into a situation where all of a sudden you know you're thinking like okay we got lakin who's not looking good and if avt goes down and you put one of these other guys in it's just like potentially that could fall apart but even with that being said, the fact that you have four guys who've had experience and you could always throw in a guy like McGovern or Tipman, whichever one is at the starting center, maybe maybe I'm panicking too much on the guard. 
Um, yeah, you know, I, the panic, it, it wouldn't be panic if Lakin just wasn't so hit or miss last season. Like if we could at least say that, yeah. like, okay, the guy that has been, cause that's his thing. He, he is available. Like he is available every game of every year, but the switch over, it didn't go as well as we maybe wanted it to in this first season. So that's where the pause is now. AVT, if he's back and ready to go, like there is no worry because he's one of the best guards in football already. And we've seen him play a few different positions last year where he was fantastic. So there is no position really to worry about there with him um, as long as he is back. So the concern comes in is like, are we going to get another slow season out of out of Lincoln if he comes out and, and things aren't great? Because like he's going to be available. Um, so it's kind of that combination of like if AVT is is ready to go then we've got two starting caliber guards one isn't the best but you're not going to find a better option in free agency right now there's there's just not a guy that you know you're going to pay three or 40 million contract to and maybe we'll look at, at this one after next season and we cut bait um and, and it's just one of those deals where we we send you know Lakin off into the sunset but you know you look at the guys right now and and, and not, you know there's not nobodies but it's a bunch of guys that are in like their early 30s that have been kind of treading water just in pew spent a lot of time in, with the giants before going to arizona gabe jackson uh trey turner dalton risner is a guy he just spent last season with with uh, nathaniel hackett so maybe they bring him in as a depth guy i do think that there's still a signing to be made in the interior but it's not anybody that's going to be competing for a starting job it's it's like we said with running back where it's like an insurance policy just because yeah it's going to be up against these backups you know go in yep. the backup job exactly yeah. yep so that's kind of where i stand out with the guard position yeah i think we're ready to talk defense right about this team yeah let's get into it um um i'll just start off i think edge we're fine i think edge is edge is a position where it's like i don't think uh, like what what are we? What more are we yeah. gonna add in right now? We've got Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers in passing situations. You've got Jermaine Johnson, Will McDonald, Bryce Huff, and Michael Clemens. I like it. It's good. I, I do as well. I I think this edge room is definitely you know as good as it can be. You're not looking to add more guys um, until injuries hit or whatever. And honestly, I feel the same about the defensive tackle position. I feel like when we look at you know the D line in general, we have our you know, we have our probably core guys who are most likely going to end up on the team. We have that handful of, you know, other guys that are kind of like Greg Sanat is a name that comes to mind of just like guys who are buried on the depth chart are going to be camp bodies. Um, I think we're likely going to keep like 10 to 12 D linemen in total, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Um, but I think that those guys are kind of pretty established when, you know, you just read the edges and then at D tackle, we have Quinn and John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Al Woods, and then a few ancillary guys added in as well. Um, do you agree with me on defensive tackle? To me, the D line is, is set. The final piece to me was the Al Woods just getting another big motherfucker in there. Like that was, to yeah, me, I just, agreed. I wanted a depth piece that was just a large beast of a man and uh and that was the signing where i was like okay we're fine at defensive tackle so yep i'm good there um i guess we're still still is quinning going to be defensive tackle for the new york chess next year we're assuming we're I assuming he, i think he will be too so i think we're all good there um and we've already talked about linebacker See, you say thing. you don't want to talk about it but i i don't think you can help just like poking it at help, me but just like to like make remind fun me of it yeah <laughs> it's, it's just funny yeah it is it's one of those situations because it's you know it's so dumb it's not ideal, Anyways. definitely, but it's something to deal with. Right, exactly. Yep. 
Um, yeah. The one thing, so we already talked about the linebacker room. I, I don't know if there's anything more that you need to add. The only thing that I want to add no, is I'm... I do have one thing. I I, I was a fan yeah. uh, of the draft a couple years ago of Chaz Surratt out of North Carolina. I missed when the Jets signed him. Um, I, I, I'm taking a look at it now, and it seems – Oh, he was signed to the practice squad and was given a contract. So that's funny. So I guess he really didn't pan out in Minnesota after his first season. But um, he was a guy that I just I thought was a, a guy that really flew around uh, in the middle of the defense for North Carolina. And uh, I don't know. Maybe like, with I said, some the, salad coaching. like I said, the, the Jets have not addressed that position whatsoever this offseason. So you're kind of just right. like they must feel good about what they've got um, or else they just don't value the position. <laughs> like it's one or the other. Yeah. And I would think for this defense where they've come through and just like every stint for Sala, it's like San Francisco, Fred Warner, Jacksonville, Miles Jack, Seattle, Bobby Wagner. Like it seems like they value having linebackers. And I know we have CJ Mosley, but it just seems like you would you would think that they would have made more additions if they were freaking out about the position. Right. And like, obviously we don't have Quan this year, but you look at the, what we thought of this linebacker room last year and we were saying all the same stuff where they, they needed more and we didn't fully know how CJ Mosley was going to be. And we weren't fully sure about Quincy Williams. And it's like, obviously those guys could take step back steps back, but this to me, like this Jets staff has kind of showed us what they do. You know, they did this with linebacker last year. They did this with safety last year. It's like, there's sometimes where the fans think that these positions need addressing and the team just doesn't agree and they're just not going to make moves. So, you know, like we said, we both are kind of leaning towards, we still think there's one more addition in that room. We're both hoping it's Quan, but there's a couple other guys, but you know, maybe it is like, Hey, we believe in Sherwood or, or we believe in Chaz Surratt or whatever, you know? So, so I think we touched upon this enough, but, but yeah, definitely, you know, at least as of right now, it seems like the Jets, if anything, only want to add one more guy and otherwise are fine with the the, the way this room is. Yeah. Yeah. Not much more to add. Um, let's get to that back end. Let's finish up the defense here. Any, I, I, I feel like we both probably agree. There's not much that we need in the, in the cornerback room. Um, yeah. We have I one think, of the uh, stronger duos, one of the best duos in all yes. of football. I think we have, have a great duo and I also love our depth. I think Michael Carter has been an awesome, awesome, awesome nickel. Um, and I think a guy like Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles, who have both showed, you know, that they kind of, kind of outperformed their draft stock. Um, you know, I'm confident with those guys as our backups. Um, and then obviously you have Justin Hardy, the special teamer, and uh, Bernard Converse, the, draft, the late draft pick. So we'll see if he can stick at all, but probably just a special teams guy. But yeah, I just saw, I, I don't know who it was, but I saw some list of like the best, second or best cornerback rooms um and the jets were right, ranked second behind the dolphins after um oh, interesting the jalen ramsey edition which I, I you know it's fair enough yeah no i i agree there's no room here i did see something i this might have been weeks ago and maybe it was an article or maybe it was just someone speculating but it was like oh is 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 uh bryce hall like a guy that potentially gets moved before the season like a team does a team take a shot on bryce hall or something i don't know if i I don't know where I saw that from, but yeah, I, I think that the room as a whole, it could not get much better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to think about. Part of me does think like Bryce Hall might be more hyped up in Jets minds, yeah. you know, like people have watched him and been with him um, than maybe like front offices, but you know, I guess it's possible, but 
with that being said, I honestly, you know, would kind of be against that deal. I'd rather have the depth in case, you know, someone goes down. Right. But well, that brings us to one of our favorite <laughs> positions to talk about. Exactly. The safety position. Safety. We love talking about safety and linebacker for this whole Can't run of this enough. show. Can't get enough of it. Uh, I'll let you start here because this is an interesting one where I feel like most fans think that um, a need is necessary. Um, but again, it might be one of those situations where the staff is more confident with the guys they have. I'll just read the names at free safety. The top three guys, Jordan Whitehead, Tony Adams, um, who was signed last year midseason and, and played a lot of snaps and then Ashton Davis. And then at strong safety right now, you have Chuck Clark and Will Parks. Um what are your immediate thoughts when you when you hear those names and see that room? I mean, I was very excited about the Jordan Whitehead signing, and obviously it was very up and down for him in his rookie season. It was a position we hated a lot. I love the fact that we aren't hearing LaMarcus Joyner attached to that. You know, I've got the list of free agents <laughs> available up here, and I see his name, and I'm just like, well, I'm glad we're not going in that avenue again. Um, and then we can clip this when he gets signed, you know, in the right, middle of yeah, training camp when he gets brought back like next week or tomorrow. Yeah. You know, the, the Chuck Clark trade for a seventh-round pick, at the time you're like, Oh, that sounds like a throwaway, but he's also a good character guy. So a guy that I definitely think will, will keep around. And, and probably like you, like you said, it's listed right now, like he's going to be the starting strong safety. So they didn't do anything. They didn't address it, but it's also one of those positions where it's like, how can you address it? You know, you take a look at the free agents right now and it's, you know, give me a name that, that sounds, I give a shout out to Dean Marlowe, former JMU Duke. Uh, I'll give him some love out there. He played with Buffalo for a while. Uh, Matthias Farley is a guy that has gone from Indy to Vegas. Carl Joseph, a uh, guy that went from Vegas to Pittsburgh. I liked his play as a strong safety. He's only 29, but there's not names. It's it's like, where would the addition have been made? The one thing I'll say as well, too, it wasn't a ton of experience at safety, but um, our our rookie, uh, why the fuck can't I think of his name right now? Uh, out of LSU. Converse? No, is yeah. that... Yeah, he yeah. um he had experience That's playing all over the name. back end, and he's his listed. His not Bernard. Right. Yes. 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 It's Bernard Dash Converse. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, he had a lot of experience all over the back end of the LSU defense. Um, yeah. and, and as as even going back to high school into you know before he transferred to LSU, so he's a guy that you're like, okay, maybe he slides in, and and at the end of the day, he's a in the safety room as opposed to being a corner there. But, um, I don't love it. It's not the most important part, but it was a part that was really frustrating at different points through the season. Like, think about how many times the safeties got burned deep and you're just like, man, it was fucking LaMarcus Joyner's assignment again or Jordan Whitehead missed this play here. Like, it was something where, like, yes, I understand it's not cornerback or edge, but it was a frustrating position at times for the Jets' defense. I do definitely agree. Where I'll push back is, like, the safety room was – easily where people pointed at like all these negatives but i mean you still look back at like what the defense did all year yeah and you know they were still like an elite defense with these guys you know and like even the games right. where those were happening it's not like it was it was like a big blowout my thing with this room is i think that the fans aren't gonna love it but i think that the starters are two of these four guys everyone i listed excluding ash and davis so i think Jordan Whitehead, Tony Adams, Chuck Clark, Will Parks. Like, I think the starters are two of those names, whoever kind of wins it. 
It's going to be but, Whitehead and Clark. There's no there. I'll tell you, it's a guarantee to me that Whitehead is the starter. Whitehead is for sure 100% starting. I agree. Tony Adams is a guy that they, the staff loves a lot and, and has been getting some buzz. So okay. that's the only reason I'm not fully convinced of Clark. But I, I do agree that I think Whitehead and Clark are the, the at least, you know, day one of training camp. That's what the roster will read. But Tony Adams is the guy they like. I I'll just say I guess we're we're not talking about like we're 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 including the fact like will they or won't they add a guy and at the end of the day I don't know that they really do add a guy in here I would like them to if there was just a guy that was available that I was right. like super interested in it like, would be yeah. nice if this room could have better players but yes, exactly can it there's not really a great avenue for that to happen no you've got you know Adrian Amos uh, hey there's another guy that that played with Rodgers in Green Bay maybe which is yeah that that quarterback to free safety connection you know those guys spent a lot of time in the locker room palling around with each other um yeah I just I, I don't I don't yeah. think there's anything and, and just to kind of back up my point you know despite the Jets having a, a bad safety room last year you know they let up 31 points in week two and after that, never let up more than 27. The last eight weeks of the season, never let up more than 27. It was only once. So, like, the defense well, to was be fair, fine. To be fair, the last seven or eight weeks, you really only needed 20 points to beat the Jets. So, No, yes, but... but yeah, I'm kidding. The I'm defense was you. still playing lights out. Yeah. Ronnie Harrison... And now we're going to score 30 a game. Ronnie Harrison was a good player out of Alabama. Whatever happened to him? Why did he pan out? Where's he been recently? He's a free agent still, so I'm just I'm taking a look at anything because he was in Jacksonville as well too. Did he line up with with? Uh, I'm really any connection to to Jacksonville, and that's where I'm looking at right now. I know now. you love that. Uh, nope, not there during the time he was drafted. Uh, after Salah was gone, but yeah, Alabama strong safety. Um, he's another name that was a fun player at one point. I. I think where we've landed with this is there are position groups that we want the Jets to be better at, but there's just not options. You know, we've reached that point where the draft is done and and they, you know, didn't target those position groups. And we just have to trust that they hopefully feel good about the guys that they've got in there. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like I felt worse before we did this exercise or just more so you nervous feel, about so you certain feel better. things. But I, yeah, I mean, I like, like we talked about, it's like, yes, they could add someone else at linebacker who maybe will be a starter. But outside of that, I really think their starters, barring injury, are pretty set right now. Obviously, you have some, you know, the center position might be up in air, but really, this team seems pretty built and solid and and ready to go for what the starting is going to look like where I've landed through the entire thing is if there are any concerns for the jets at certain position groups, it is all in the non premier position groups, all position groups that teams can pretty much right. get by on sometimes. And um, primarily the depth at those positions. Exactly. Exactly. Cause it's like, we talk about linebacker, but we still feel good about CJ Mosley and, and, uh, guard it's like yep we could use depth at guard but it's a non-premier position it's it's just one of those situations where you're right you you do Which go through and you're potentially like, have like the best player yeah exactly good all right 17 no we're calling <laughs> it right now 17 and oh um okay i'm trying to think is there anything else to talk about at the moment teddy uh are you into any no, I think we victor Wembayama? the draft lottery is going on right now Where, where's your prediction before the slant oh where is it where is victor Wembayama going I think the top three odds are the three are like, options. I think it's San Antonio, Houston, and Detroit. I think it's one of those three, maybe. I saw a tweet about 
him going to Houston or something. So I'll say that I, I don't. Be fun. I'm not remotely plugged into that, to be honest with you. He's the guy. What he's I am the plugged into the... is LeBron being the go and people loving to doubt him. So how about that? This the series kicks off tonight. Do they win game one? I, I just want to give them something. Yeah, Are they, they going to win. They yeah, win they game do. one. Lakers plus six and a half. Here's my prediction for the entire series. Everyone's taking the Grizzlies tonight. Ever the nug- well the, the Nuggets, but or the yeah, Nuggets. I, the Nuggets. My prediction is is I just I truly think this is gonna be one of those series where Anthony Davis looks like such a little bitch next to Jokic. Like I think Jokic is just gonna make his life absolutely miserable. I'm not I saying that it's I'm not saying that it's you. gonna be bad. I don't like I don't I don't uh I don't defend Anthony Davis like that. I do think he has that that side of him where he gets really soft and disappears. It'll be interesting. I it, it's but I'm gonna not be worried about it. My boy LeBron. I, he's still got it. He's he's been doing great. All right, he's so best player um, in the league. So now we got stuff to uh to try and figure out what to talk about for the next few months, but we'll figure it out. And there's some other stuff that we can get into in comparison to like other teams in the conference. I know it floated a few ideas, but we were definitely in that dead period. But nice to assess where we're at with the Jets roster. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap things up for today. Another episode in the books. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, again, make sure to follow us on Twitter at nyj underscore chasing sixty nine. Um, Teddy is at Teddy Huncho on Twitter. I'm at Spring Blake with four A's. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you next week. Peace.